It's the Low and Is Chargers podcast. Let's talk about the departing quarterback from the Chargers, Philip Rivers, Hall of Fame quarterback. I have Lorenzo Neal with me, Hall of Famer, soon to be Hall of Famer. Hopefully, we all know what he's about. Former thank Charger, you, thank you. legend, played with Philip. Tell me about about Philip, Lo. Yeah, man, Philip Rivers is a great person, great player. I, I think it's it's amazing just to watch how the transition of life. You know, as a player, I think we all in the NFL, we say NFL stands for National Football League, but we have something and we say it stands for not for long. You look at Philip Rivers and think about his tenure as a charger, as a quarterback from San Diego, takes the trip to even to L.A. And he's been a mainstay in that organization. And it's hard to say goodbye to so many great legends that played San Diego, the great LaDainian Tomlinson, the great Junior Seau, Rodney Harrison, you know, all these players, you know, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, now Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates. Think about some of the greats that played, you know, in San Diego that now are no longer playing in the league or just not playing for that team. And I, I think what Philip Rivers meant to that organization, it was stability. For you knew that on Sunday you were going to have a gunslinger, a guy that was going to throw the ball all around the field. It's feast or famine. Some days he was going to have five touchdowns. One day he'll have three, four interceptions. It was Philip Rivers. One thing you knew, though, he was going to let it go. And he was going to play the game like it's meant to be played. Reckless and abandoned, but under control. Uh, and Philip Rivers, the person, I, I love that guy. It was, I remember a story. He got drafted and he's, Drew Brees is holding him off. Drew Brees is, you know, knowing that they're bringing him in to, to replace him. And I remember sitting with, you know, Drew and talking to Philip as well. And, and Drew was having a heck of a year. He was holding off the young guy. And I remember Drew and I, we were in the sauna and we're doing abs and working out. And I was messing with him. You know, he's a rookie. I'm in my 10th year. So he's like, man, Lo, I love watching you play. And, you know, he's just wide-eyed and just a very excited guy. And he's sitting there when he's training, we're in there getting it in, knee him and LT. So think about it. He's in the, he's in the sauna. We're working out, doing sit-ups and doing some abs. And he's in there, me and LT's doing our ab workout, and he's in there with Hall of Famer and LT, a guy that they say may be one of the greatest fullbacks that ever played myself. But he's, this is a rookie in the sauna, hanging out, and we're having great conversation. And I'm, we're saying, man, they like you here. You know, you just got to be patient. You're going to get your time. If you're a first rounder, you're going to get your chance. But hey, just understand it. And I'll say, hey, the front office love you. The coaches love you. And I said, Philip. And I, so me and LT, we playing a little game on him. He's a young guy and he's holding on to every words. I'm like, hey, Philip, the coaches, they think you could be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And so is the GM. GM. He thinks you could be great, too. I said, man. And he's like, well, what do I got to do? They said, you could be the greatest quarterback ever. You know, Philip's a little pudgy. You know, he's got a little gut. I said, he said, if you just did your abs, he looks really, he starts doing abs and crunches. Me and LTT <laughs> fall out laughing. It just, uh, just some of those stories that you, you, you're always going to miss in the locker room with some yeah. of the young rookies that you jokes that you play on them. But uh, he was an amazing guy, amazing person, and uh, just honored to play with Philip Rivers. Yeah, no, definitely. Philip Rivers, we all know what he's done in his career, but honestly, for Chargers fans all across the country, you guys should be cheering for his departure. Because oh, wow. wow. It's true. It's true. He could never get over the hump. And everyone knows that. I mean, last time in the playoffs when they had their really good season 
with when everyone was healthy, when that defense, that elite defense was healthy, they went into I think was it Kansas City or was it New England, low? We went we, we, we won and then Philip Rivers came off of a knee injury. He just was coming off a knee injury. Uh, we had Billy Volick who held down and won the first playoff game and Philip was trying to rush back. And you know what? Probably shouldn't have played Philip. Ladanian was coming off a knee injury. Mm-hmm. I was coming off a broken leg. Yes, and we went to New England, and we lost. So, yes, you're right, but who didn't lose in New England? And we beat New England earlier that year. And there were some times in there, yes, that we should have been better. We had a 14-2 and two year, one year, and, and we fired the head coach. Marty Schottner got fired. That's not our fault. We went 14-2, and two, and that wasn't Philip's fault we lost that game. McCree, remember he caught the ball and he should have just fall down. Instead, he tried to run it back. We're winning the game, and he fumbles it back and give it to New England on the, on the 20-yard line. So that was a field position that we ended up losing that game. So, so I understand Philip has never gotten to the Super Bowl, but, hey, Dan Marino. What about Dan? We think about a guy named Dan Marino. When you say that, Izzy, I look at guys like Dan Marino. Look at all the yards he threw for it. Did he ever win a Super Bowl? You look at other guys that are in this league and that had great careers. Because they didn't win a Super Bowl, you say that now they're not great. So why, what do you base that on? Because I, I, hear that, I hear that all the time. Well, it's about Super Bowls. LaDainian Thompson, Barry Sanders, there's so many greats that w- didn't win Super Bowls because there was other guys. Look at Jimmy G. Look at the San Francisco 49ers this year. I mean, they ran into Mahomes. I mean, I hear I mean, everyone they still makes got that- a chance, those Niner boys. They still got a chance in this, these next couple of years. They, they do, but this is why we're talking about, you, you know, but I'm just saying, if you look at that, though, you look at San Diego, you look at the, char- I mean, the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, you know, I always say San Diego because I'm used to them being the chart, you know, in San Diego. It's go crazy now that, you know, they're in L.A., but you think about the teams that they've had. They've been some good teams, and just because they haven't gotten over the hump to win a Super Bowl, I don't think that people give Phillip Rivers doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he didn't win a Super Bowl. A lot of people blame him, and I just think that that sh- shouldn't be the case. Well, here here's the difference between what you were talking about and what's reality. Phillip, he's never even been to a Super Bowl. Dan Marino, been to Super Bowl. He faced those 80s Niner, that 80s Niner team with Joe Montana, who's the GOAT of football. And then Jimmy G, who was in the Super Bowl last season, faced Patrick Mahomes, who has the potential to be the greatest football player of all time. Phillip just never, he's never made it to the Super Bowl. And Barry Sanders, who you mentioned, he was a running back. We all know running backs can take their team so much far, whether, whether it's winning in the regular season or in the playoffs, like we saw with Derrick Henry leading the Titans to the AFC Championship. But Phillip, he's he's had not only the weapons, like you mentioned, Antonio Gates, LaDainian Tomlinson. He's also had great defenses. Also, these past couple years, he's had Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, um, Austin Eckler, these good backs. But he's never – and also, his playoff performances have not been the best. I mean, the last time that he was in the playoffs, the only team that he beat was – the Ravens led by then rookie Lamar Jackson. And we all know Lamar's never won a playoff game. And then he went to New England again. And he got whooped. They got whooped because Phillip could not perform. So for me, Chargers fans, be happy that he's gone. <laughs> he's a good fit in Indy, though. I won't, I won't lie about that. He's a good fit in Indy. Well, I, I just think that you got I think you got to look at it. And, and I do understand what you're saying and but also look at a lot of other teams and you make that you make that assessment that there are some the Giants 
They had, you know, didn't have necessarily a great quarterback. That was predicated by, you know, Lawrence Taylor and that great defense. And a, a, a running game that was just, you know, a four yards in a, cl- in a cloud of dust when, you know, when Bill Parcells had this team. So when you think about that, I know we'd like to say, oh, the quarterback, the quarterback. You look around the league, the San Francisco 49ers didn't get to the Super Bowl because of Jimmy G, but everyone go, always want to say the quarterback position. I get the quarterback position. I understand the quarterback position, and I understand, yes, they have the ball in their hands, and yes, they're the faces of the franchise. But there is not a lot of quarterbacks that have that it factor. And, yeah, by the way, Phillip Rivers, he ran into a Tom Brady in New England. Uh, yeah. That is the GOAT. That is the greatest quarterback that ever – that's, you know, probably more than even Joe Montana. So when we say that, well, how many, how many, how many rings have Joe won and how many rings have, you know – as Manning, as his Brady one, it's it's That's you know true. we can I guess, yeah. we can, you so and, and 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 who did who did Montana have to throw the ball to and who did Brady have to throw the ball to? Joe Montana's and uh, think about Jerry Rice, the goat. Who now you want to name anyone that's close to the goat that Brady's thrown to? Edelman. I mean, the Patriots I mean, have always have great defenses. That's yeah. what's led them to. So now, so now runs. you want to take and you want to say San Francisco I'm not taking didn't have a away. great defense. I, they did. So but. anyway, <laughs> the charge. So has, has, no, let's go there. You want to do this? Is let's do it. So now you want to talk about the Chargers always had a great defense. So Philip Rivers didn't have to carry that team too at times. So I get it. Hey, Philip Rivers, what he means to the Chargers and that organization, LA Chargers. Now, I think that he's you know definitely going to be on that that Charger. Great, he's a legend. We know that and. I think he has arguably a Hall of Fame career. So we'll see what happens. But the San Diego Chargers, the LA Chargers, rather, they have to turn the page. And now, you know, a guy that you've been, you know, pretty well, you have close and personal, you know, you're at Oregon, you know, University of Oregon, and, and seeing the quarterback that in, in Hebert, what uh, now you turn the page, think about where is the LA Chargers getting ready to turn to? So Phillips out, there's two quarterbacks. What do you think about these two guys? I mean, I'm looking at Tyrod Taylor and first-round pick. Tyrod! Yeah. Tyrod, we know he did it for the Bills before Josh Allen came in. And then they. everyone obviously knows they drafted Justin Herbert from Oregon. And Tyrod, he's a veteran quarterback. He's been very solid. He's led the Bills to, I think, at least two playoff runs, even though they didn't go deep at all. Um. The Chargers, if they're smart, which they will, and I've heard Coach Anthony Lynn talk about it, Tyrod's their guy right now, which he should be because he's the veteran quarterback. He's been with that Chargers team longer than Herbert has. Also, Herbert, he didn't get to do OTAs or summer camp till like not even like a week or two ago. So he hasn't really had that many reps with the team or even like throwing, practicing, throwing the receivers, even getting used to that play calling system. So yeah, Herbert down the line, maybe this season or even next season, will definitely be starting. But right away, it's Tyrod's job. Like there's no other way that they're gonna play Herbert. I, I just don't see it. Well, yeah, I know a lot of people say that, but I look at some organizations that when they make that transition, they say throw the young guy in there. Look no further than a team in Arizona. You look mm. at what, you know, look what Arizona did. They threw their quarterback, threw him in the fire right away, and he played pretty well. Last, they look at Kyler Murray and see what, what was he was their able record, to do. though? They, they, they won five games. Is it the, is so, but it was it his fault? See, so I, I understand people talk about records, yeah. but what, is, what, is, what does records really mean if you know that 
if you have a guy and you believe he's your future, what, some people say just go with him and let him understand how to lose, understand how to win. So what is so you think a record dictates whether how good a quarterback plays? No, definitely not. It, the situation that Kyler was in was a lot easier for him to be thrown into the starting position because they didn't really have a lot of surrounding pieces mm-hmm. with him that would lead them to be at the top of the NFC West, which is the hardest division in football at this moment. Now, with Herbert and the Chargers, they have the potential to be the number two in the AFC West behind the behind the Chiefs. Kansas City? Yeah. So why put in a rookie where you have all these guys are ready to go, ready to run now when you can put in a veteran who can lead Herbert and show him the way and later on in the season or even next year be that guy for sure. And he will be that guy for the Chargers. But starting right away, I don't see it because Chargers, they're in win-now mode. They have to be. Yeah, and, and I understand that win-now mode. But if if Tyrod is just going to – not be able to throw it. I'm not saying that he's not, but we got to look at him. We're going to get down to camp and, and start to see, you know, what he's able to do. This guy's been a backup. He's been a journeyman. We understand that. And he's played some season. Yes. He's gotten to the playoffs, but if he can't throw the deep ball, if he can't throw the out, if he can't necessarily do a lot of the things, but he, yet he's still a leader. I get that. What does the team do then when you're in a situation where, yes, you see a guy and, yes, he's a veteran guy. Yes, he's the leader. But if the young guy can throw the better bass, if he can throw the better ball, if he can throw the better five route, if he can throw the better comeback, if he can out throw even though the veteran player, do you look at that and say, look, let's keep it simple. I'd rather go with the young guy because he gives us a better chance. I think that it's I think that when you're looking at this situation, I think it's open for competition. I do understand what you're saying, Izzy, when you're saying that go with Tyrod and yes, he's the veteran player. He knows how to win. He does. But if this young guy can come in, Hebert can come in here, Justin can come in here and 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 be serviceable. And if Anthony Lynn, an offensive coordinator, dummy it down and says, Hey, look. This guy throws a way better ball and show him where to go. Just sort of like what what happened with golf, with golf when he got McVay. Think about golf. Everyone said the guy was done. He was bum. But then McVay came in and look what happened to golf's career. Had an MVP type of year. So if they can have that type of offense to control the narrative, if he's a better passer, then I think that you let these two compete. And I I don't know if I just necessarily go with the veteran quarterback. Here, let, let me give you a situation. Yes, let me Patrick- hear Patrick Mahomes, when he was drafted by the Chiefs, who was the starting quarterback on the Chiefs? Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith was the guy until the end of the season. They put in Mahomes. Last game of the season, he did what he did. Next season, MVP. They knew what they were doing. They groomed him. They didn't rush him in. They were like, oh, you need to win right now. What is Alex? Is Alex was was Alex Smith? Can you compare Alex Smith to Tyron? And if you look at Alex Smith, he was a veteran quarterback, but he was a quarterback that was starting, a quarterback that's been in the in the league that's had way more starts than Tyrod. He was a quarterback that was still a first round pick. Tyrod was necessarily was have a draft pick drafted as high as, as Alex Smith. So I think Alex Smith. You look at Andy Reid in the situation; they owed it to him to do that. Do does the Chargers feel like they owe it to Tyrod? Do they feel like you got to realize Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. Tyrod wasn't. Phillip Rivers was. So are you think the Chargers feel that they owe it to Tyrod? So that's the question that I I don't know yet. So why do you think the Chargers would have signed Tyrod then? Why do you think they're keeping him on instead of cutting him or letting him go to another team where he can 
be a backup instead of being a starting QB at the Chargers where he thinks he can be. Well, last year he was a backup on the Chargers, correct? He was yeah. still there. He was still on their roster. So he was a guy that they looked at as a backup. Why didn't they cut him last year and say, go try to be a starter? I think that it's a situation now that, yes, he's a serviceable quarterback. Yes, I think that he will come in and start. I did, yes, believe that Tyrod has the opportunity to hold it down. We understand that uh, that Justin is the future. But at the same sense, if, if in camp, why these guys are competing, and if Herbert can get it down, if Justin gets it down, if he gets down the system, and if he's throwing the ball a lot more better than Tyrod, I think, and you feel that this guy is going to give you a chance, just as good as chance to win because he can throw the ball more accurate, then I think you go with the rookie. I think that even though you look at it and understand you're saying, okay, how much is it sacrificing? Is, is, he, is it a sacrifice that Tyrod's going to win you a Super Bowl this year? Is he good enough? Can you get by Kansas City? Can Herbert win you? Can Justin win you a Super Bowl? I don't think the Chargers are poised to win the Super Bowl. I think they have, a, you know, I think that they have some things they got to do. We got to see what they're, how they're going to develop during camp. But yes, they have a chance to compete. I, I, I think that we're, we got to look at the Raiders. You got to look at Denver. This is, I think, besides the NFC South, NFC West, I think the AFC South is one of probably maybe the second toughest division in football. Think about think about that. Okay, so we got to talk about the NFC South. Really? When you what, the NFC Okay, think about it. NFC West, you got of course we got the Niners, Arizona, which is going to be much improved. The Rams won 9 games last year. Seattle. So that is the toughest division you said in football. Yeah. Now, name me so name me another division that you're going to put over the AFC South. Think about the Raiders that won eight games. Think about Denver, now their defense, and now they got a quarterback for the next year. Kansas City and L.A. Chargers. Who else? So what conference would you put above that one? Is AFC it the North. NFC? The AFC North with Lamar Jackson. Now they got Joe Burrow. The Browns, everyone's been sleeping on the Browns. The Browns are coming this season. Make no mistake about that. Baker Mayfield, Odell, they're going to have bounce-back seasons. That defense is full of first-round picks. And a lot of guys from LSU – in the DB, in the secondary. Sure. And LSU's DBU, we all know that. And don't forget about the Steelers. The Steelers, they still have Ben Roethlisberger, a Super Bowl winning QB. By far, way better than the AFC West in my eyes right now. See, I, that's where I'm, I'm looking at those conferences. And that besides, besides Baltimore, you look at the records, what those teams did, both, both all those conferences, it's I, I don't think you can remiss and say that oh, the AFC South is a step behind them. I think that there's some out there to believe the AFC South, AFC West rather, is the second toughest division in football. It's not, it's not as far off as you think. You think about what the, what's there. You look at the Raiders, a much improved team. The Raiders you look don't at, have a starting QB right now. Is it going to be Derek Carr? Is it going to be Marcus Mayota? Ben's coming off a major surgery. You can't say that the Pittsburgh Steelers, what are they coming off major surgery? You look at any of those teams that they're, they're look at that. And I'm like, okay, who are they? You look at Baltimore, Baltimore hasn't shown you that they can win yet in the playoffs. That's you look true. At Baltimore, <laughs> you, you look yeah. At, yeah. They got Lamar Jackson, but his, his team's going to catch up to him. You look at, you look at, so you think about, okay, you're talking about Cleveland. Cleveland's been having the first round pick since Moby Dick was a minnow. And what does that got him? <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland's organization. You're talking about Baker. What, what, what shows you, what gives you any hope that that team's going to turn it around? They had all those guys last year. Didn't they didn't get over the hump. So what makes them any different? You think about the rest of those teams, uh, you know, so I don't look and you look at the FC South and then the West rather, 
Denver is a much improved team. Look at the quarterback. They might have found something. Look at Nick Van Drew Locke. Watch at the end of the year, we'll talk. We're going to have this conversation. So, hey, we're going to have this conversation because I think the char- I think the Chargers, if the Chargers was in the NFC, if the Chargers was in the AFC uh, North, the, the um, East, the ones you're talking about, I think the Chargers would be the second best team behind Baltimore. Uh, you you look think at they'd be Char- better than the Browns or the Steelers? Y- yeah. Yes, I do. I think that there will, well, and, and you know what, after people listen to the podcast, just you make sure you text us, text in, you know, write some comments and ask the question. But do you think right now the Chargers was in that conference, they would be the number two team? I think, yes, you're saying no. I mean, the, even with that question, like, does it really matter? Because either way, they're going to be in the n- number two in their own conference. If they go another one, they're still going to be number two. Right? Like. I, I think that, but but guess what? Can't, let's, let's, let's face it, Kansas City and Baltimore Ravens, those are the two teams that, that everyone thinks are the two best teams in the NFL. So let's give the Chargers, let's just not just say, what oh, the Chargers. the Niners or the Saints? Well, I, I'm just saying in the AFC. Okay, don't don't yeah. people think those two teams are the best teams in the AFC altogether? So the Chargers, even if they were in any of those two uh, conferences, you look at it, uh, it's just those two teams are pretty good. Um so I think that if you look at the Chargers, it's going to be predicated what this quarterback, what this quarterback is going to be able to do because they have some weapons on offense. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the running back now because we know that uh, Kansas City ended up getting uh, the running back that was with L.A. forever. I'm slipping right now. Um, what's the running back at the Chargers? Was there last year held out, but now he went to and Melvin Gordon. Melvin, Melvin, yeah, Melvin Gordon. So now it's going to be interesting because Melvin's no longer there. You know, so, you know, running backs are by committee. So the Chargers lose Melvin Gordon. So how big of a loss is that? Who's going to step up? We know they have a pretty good, you know, running backs by a platoon. So it's going to be just interesting to see what happens with the Chargers now because they have some talent. If you think about what they have on offense, the biggest thing to me is the quarterback position. How quick is the quarterback going to be up to speed? You have a tight end. You have receivers. You have running backs. This is going to be predicated on how quick the quarterback can adjust and get ready for the season. And with no OTAs, that doesn't just hurt, you know, the rookie. That hurts Tyrod, too. That hurts offense, defense. That hurt a lot of teams. But everyone's going through this with COVID. So every organization is going through this, not being able to have OTAs. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You mentioned it about training camp OTAs. So. Can you give us some insight about what's going on in training camp right now? Absolutely. I think that right now every organization is going through camp and they're saying we didn't have OTAs and OTAs were big. When I was playing OTAs, you get to go out there. The coaches can be out there watching the players. You get to put in the offense. You get to put in the system. Quarterbacks get to get timings with their rookies and veteran guys. And you didn't have that. And that now you don't have OTAs. So now a lot of these young guys are going to come in, the draft picks, and they're going to have to learn this on the fly. So now you're at training camp. You're out there. You're sore. But now it's not about putting on pads. So this is a different training camp that we have never seen before. No preseason football games are going to be played. So now you're in camp. You're learning a system. I think right now, I think if you're L.A. Charger team, it's about how good as strength coaches do you have? How good is the training staff? Thinking about the plantar fascia and all the different things, the loose, the ligaments and the muscles and all those things that you have to make sure you get back in football condition. So it's very, very imperative right now that 
these coaches and the training staff doesn't just push the guys training camp going two times a day, hitting two times a day, you know, beating guys up right now. You got to get the body back tough and callous and get ready for the season because it's been a long time. And I think that's why you're going to see a lot of injuries. You already seen the Niners with, with injuries. You got receivers. Jalen Hurd already blew out his knee. You yeah, start to see ACL, you know, tears. ACL tears because they're running and doing a lot of things that they haven't been doing, haven't had time to do it in OTA. So I think the LA Chargers have to be very, very careful in training camp, not to just jump out there and start beating guys up, putting in pads, start banging, going twice a day. They have to ease into it. So the teams that can stay the healthiest and get guys caught back up to speed in training camp, that is going to be the team that's going to start fast and end up having some longevity on for guys not getting hurt so i remember camp man it's tough camp is a grind it's physical it takes a toll on you so the biggest thing to me right now for the la chargers right now is keeping guys healthy making sure guys are working out the right way making sure that the training staff and the strength and conditioning coaches are making sure guys are getting used to cutting guys are getting used to being awkward positions before they put on pads and have guys go full speed so now these teams have been in a camp now for a week or two starting to get things getting their sea legs on them you don't want to just beat guys up to try to get them ready for the season right away you need to make sure that they're used to being in pads not hitting now you're going to camp you're not going to put on pads and go nine on seven right away you're going to put on pads and you're going to run around and let guys get used to carrying the wet shoulder pads carrying the helmets doing all those things that you would have already had a chance to do in otas wearing helmets so these are very very important times right now for these organizations and the la chargers to make sure that these guys stay healthy and be ready for the regular season all right low this has been our first, very first episode. Thank you to everyone listening. That's low. I'm Iz, and we are out. Make sure to catch episodes every Tuesday and Thursday.